Chaos, your source for all things geek. This is episode 19. As always, I am John. I can be found on Twitter at John Leeson. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Matt Vernon. Hey, John. My name is Matt, of course. You guys can find me at Dr. Tokeball, like always. And uh, and you can find the show on Twitter at PopCultureChaos. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud. You can subscribe to us on our YouTube channel for great video content that we've been putting up. Trying to do at least one video a week. We. Pod- <laughs> More like okay, you. <laughs> by we, I mean me. Um, at least a video a week. It might not quite be that way. Um, of course, that's also how the podcast was planned. That didn't happen. But, um, but yeah, uh, all this, uh, you can find all this stuff aggregated together in our one-stop shop of a website, which can be found at popculturechaos.wordpress.com, which reminds me, I need to actually post the Loot Crate unboxing that I did the other day to the website. <laughs> yeah, that'd probably be a good idea. Yeah, it might be. But, uh, since it's been like a month since we had our last episode, Matt, how have you been doing today? I'm good, man. I mean, uh... You know, life tends to get in the way of the best laid plans. So, um, we've been we've been wanting to do uh, we've been wanting to do an episode every week, but you and I tend to have difficulty getting together sometimes because our lives sort of run on opposite tracks due to the fact that I work nights and you work days. And I know there's been some uh, difficulty with your job lately. So, um, uh, it's just it, it's a little bit different. It, for us than uh doing uh one episode a week but i mean i'm i'm down to do it as long as you're down to do it man i love talking with i love talking geek with you oh absolutely yeah i, I we want to keep the show going definitely um it's yeah, like you said it's been difficult um you know i've had to do a lot pick up uh, an extra day these last couple weeks to help fill in some holes and it's just been kind of busy um Next week I'll be out of town because Madison has spring break and we'll be doing stuff. <clears throat> but yeah. other than yeah, so I mean, other than that, we got a we have a pretty big show ahead ahead of you. Um, some stuff I kind of hope to maybe lightning round through. Found uh, by me. Um, that second thing in the comic section. Let's skip over because I haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, um, and it's uh, it's sort of a uh, a big one line shocker, anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anywho, um, starting things off, kind of, I, I kind of wanted to talk about something serious that every other podcast has seemed to talk to, and that is the whole um, Batgirl controversy that has been exploding on the internet these last couple of weeks. Um, for those of you who don't know what it is, all probably one of you. Um, and that is the, um, DC, so DC is having these variant covers in the month of June for most of their books, and they do that every month, and they're always a different theme, and they're usually pretty cool. Um, 
June's theme is the Joker. Um, so the big picture, and we'll I'll post a link to the cover in the show notes just in case you're one of the three people on the planet who haven't seen it. Um, it actually might be the uh, image on the podcast. Who knows? Um, it's a good one. It is a good one. It's actually my actually no, I changed it to the Harley Quinn one, but it was my phone wallpaper for a long time. Yeah, I might go back to it. Um, I like how I just linked an article from Bleeding. Uh, I just I like how I just hot linked this image from Bleeding Cool, but the image from Bleeding Cool server has a CBR watermark on it. <laughs> <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> Uh, the story, obviously, DC commissioned the, these pieces. Uh, the art for this one was done by, I'm not just stalling, uh, Raphael Albuquerque was the artist. Um, uh, he, it, it's, if, if you've read The Killing Joke, you get the, the picture. It's a picture, it's a picture of the Joker drawing What's a, a smile on Batgirl's face, holding holding his arm around her with a gun? He's and the the smile is like uh, presumably in blood, um, and he's dressed like he was from The Killing Joke. If you don't know what The Killing Joke is, go what ahead, rock? Pause. Yeah, what rock have you been living under? Go go <laughs> ahead, pause the show and read it. We'll wait. Um, the Killing Joke is a graphic novel put out in 1987, 88, by Alan Moore. Um, and it's the story where uh, Batgirl, for all intents and purposes, Batgirl plays a really plot devicey role in, in it. She's a MacGuffin of, mm. for all intents and purposes. Um, she's there to get shot in the spine by the Joker, paralyzed. Uh, they insinuate that, uh, that sexual assault goes on, um, and she's pretty much used as a device to torture Jim Gordon with. Um and then Batman may or may not kill the Joker at the end of it. Depends if you're at, if you're asking Grant Morrison or not. Well, to be to be fair, they were they were <laughs> they tended to use Batman sidekicks as very plot as big plot devices in the late '80s because a couple of years before that, of course, we had a death in the family. So yeah, yeah, Batman the, sidekicks tend to get yeah they did not fare well in the late 80s um no. <laughs> no but i've seen the cover i didn't take the the red marks to be blood i took it to be lipstick and when you read it as lipstick it, it seems a little bit more jokery and and laughy than serious but um according to all reports uh Raphael albuquerque uh, the reason that this was a variant cover and not the actual cover itself is because he called DC after he turned it in and was like, you know, I really don't like the gr- look on Batgirl's face because that's not really who she is now. She's not, she's portrayed as a woman who's not uh, deathly afraid of the Joker anymore. And I want to change the look on her face. And the look, and the look we ended up getting was the look where Batgirl is, yes, she's being held hostage, hostage, but she looks really, she looks pissed off. And she's like, I'm going to hurt you so fucking bad once I get out of this situation. And when you when you see the look on her face that way, uh, or you know, or if you change the look on her face to uh, be one of being pissed off rather than deathly afraid, it actually becomes a better picture. So it, yeah, I mean, I get the the controversy, like, but it's really it's just an homage. It's a it's a an, a pretty talented artist doing an homage to the Killing Joke. I mean. On the surface, that's not really a bad thing. 
It's just he got the look on Barbara's face wrong for the current version of the current characterization of Barbara Gordon. So, I mean, he, it, it doesn't he, twig it doesn't twig my you know thing very. It doesn't twig my offended senses very much. It's just like, oh look, cool picture. Look, he drew on her face. Like that's it. Yeah, I don't. I agree. Um, the the idea again, the idea behind it was to uh, invoke the Killing Joke, um, which when you're doing a variant cover based on the Joker for a Batgirl book, it's kind of the place you you, you kind of start at. <laughs> um, start and finish most of the time. Pretty much. I mean, it's one of the definitive Bat- Batman stories. Uh, maybe the definitive Batman story yeah, ever. So, I mean... Yeah. Name one more definitive Batman story than The Killing Joke. Dark Knight Returns. Long Halloween. Well, I mean... Dark Victory. <laughs> I don't know. I'd put Killing Joke above... Uh, uh, I mean, Dark Knight Returns is a... Uh, is a year, possi- year one. It's a possible future. So year, okay, year one. <laughs> uh, you might have me there. Yeah. Uh, they're all up there though. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's a death in the family. Yeah, they're all amazing. Nightfall, I I love Nightfall yeah. personally, but um, it Court of Owls. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You win. There's one. <laughs> that yeah. that that is the one. Court of Owls is the one, but. Killing Joke is amazing, and it's up there, and you don't get much, like, if you want to have the, like you said, if you want to have the Joker interact with that girl, that's where you go, so. Yeah, and it, it's the whole thing, It's not a controversy like, to me, like. It's, it's people making a controversy out of nothing. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, the, the idea behind it is, like, uh, I don't know, I just. I just, I, I just don't, I just don't, don't get it. Like, no, I yeah, it, it, it doesn't, I, I could see if it was the actual cover for the book, like the main cover that, you know, 99% of the books are going to be, have. It's not. It's a variant. It's a themed variant. Those usually tend to, those are usually like the 1 in 25 covers, and those tend to go more to the collectors. So, I don't really see... <sighs> yeah, the only people the only people who will own this cover are specifically those who are going to be like, Oh, look, cool. I like the killing joke. This is a great homage. Let me have this cover. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Like, it's, it's not, it's not going to be... You know, I'm not, Gr- Grayson isn't going to be going through the comic book store grabbing, he's not going to grab a copy of Batman, um, or Batgirl, but that's not the point. Um, um, but you get the idea, like, I'm not going to have Madison going through the comic book store, and that's going to be the cover she grabs for Batgirl. Um, exactly. You know, unless that's the only one they have there, and even then, I will probably just get it for her on her iPad then, and then take that for myself. Because I seriously kind of want a poster print of that. Yeah, well, I mean, who, who wouldn't? It's a great, it's it's a wonderful piece of art. I'm I'm sure that Albuquerque 
put his heart and soul into that cover, and uh, you know, it's 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 a wonderful thing to look at. It's just uh, people are just trying to people do what people do, and they're trying to make a controversy out of nothing. And I don't like it. That's all. I just don't like people when people make a big deal out of nothing. If it's a real thing and people want to make a big deal of it, I'll be I'll be like, yeah, sure, cool, right on, let's go, let's keep on talking about this. But no, not not. You know, not a small thing like this, not a variant cover for collectors that resembles a story from 30 years ago. I mean, just back yeah. off, <laughs> back off now, the guy. I, I mean, according to story, the, the, the creators asked for them to pull it because it doesn't fit the tone of the book. Well, who cares if it doesn't fit the tone of the book? It's not supposed to. You know, the variant cover for Batman 39 was... um um. Harley Quinn, like, hugging a Batman snuggle pillow. What the <laughs> fuck did that have anything to do? I only know that because I'm looking at it right now on my phone because that's my wallpaper. Um, oh, like, I, what? I got a Bullet Club logo. <laughs> I had that I had that for a while. Yeah. Too sweet. Uh, did you hear? Sh- oh, sorry. Just a short interjection. WWE is suing or is or is threatening they're to sue ch- them for like because they think they or they're trying to trademark it or sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that's real. It's really dumb and it's an homage, another homage thing. That's what twigged it in my head. It's just sorry, but yeah. yeah oh no, they're they're yeah. That's not, it's, that's not going to go through. <laughs> I, I doubt it will. Weirder things have happened, but yep. It's like when they tried suing TNA because their fans would chant ECW when the Dudleys were on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> no, it didn't. But you know it did work. Ooh, wonderful segue, sir. Yes, last week's episode of The Flash. My God, did that ever work. <laughs> <laughs> I went, as soon, the, uh, he paused, and it was, like an, it was like an audible silence pause, and I went, say it, say it. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna we're gonna stop right here, and we're gonna say spoilers. This is yeah. a, this is your spoiler alert for, section because we're gonna talk about the Flash and Arrow coming up. So if, um, if, if you haven't if you haven't watched last week's episode of the Flash or Arrow or Arrow, just go ahead and just go ahead and fast forward about five ten minutes because we tend to get talking when it comes to the Flash and Arrow, and then come on back and we'll have something we'll have something new and non spoilery for you because so. Um, Okay, just give you a pause. Okay, and now we're talking about spoilers. Eobarthon, Eobarthon, I called it, I called it, I called it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I had I had that called from like day from from day one. Oh yeah, and and they they did this wonderful thing where it's just like it's too obvious that's the way they're going, so they can't so, be going that way. Exactly. But they went that way, and you're just like, oh, you. You I, crafty bastards, you. I know, and it's like, and it's like, um, uh, because, and they did the same thing with Firestorm. They were like, no, they're not going to really have them combine, are they? No, they can't do that on TV, no. They did it! <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. It was, it was, oh, and he goes, he goes, I don't think, and then, uh, and then, uh, oh, Tom Cavanaugh was brilliant. He did, he, he went from being the very serious and stoic and, and very sciencey and hair and, and very guilty Harrison Wells. And he stood up and he's just start, he stood up out of the chair and he just started chew, chewing the scenery and it was beautiful. Oh, <laughs> and I was, he's like, I don't think I've properly introduced myself. My name is Eobard 
marathon. And I was like, ah! <laughs> and Cisco was cro- He was sitting there, and he was shaking. And I was like, you are an amazing kid. Well, how, how come no one's found you until now? Like, he was visibly shaking. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. And then... And then at the end of the episode, Flash goes back in time and it's all changed. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> oh. And he kissed Iris and, and she found out he was the Flash. And <sighs> I love this show. This is like, this has over to, like, I know I'm about, I'm going to say something that is going to sound blasphemous, but it's really not. This has t- overtaken Arrow as the best show on television. On, yeah, well, on cable television, <laughs> because or network cable network. There we go. I, it's, I, I always it's mix up too there. Up. It's I mean, it's up there. Well, Flash has always been like my second favorite character next to Green Lantern, anyway. So, which is you know, I'm such a, a huge Green Lantern honk that I actually I sort of justify and defend the Ryan Reynolds movie when no one else does. So I like I liked the Ryan Reynolds movie. It was a very solid third act, and he was definitely the best part of that movie. Yes, it, he was also the best part of the first twenty minutes of Expedit Origins. But oh yeah, that, we're just, and it was amazing. We're going to pretend that doesn't that didn't happen. Which we'll talk about Wade Wilson later in the show. Yes, um, believe it or but, not, because uh, there's, there's been quite a bit of news about that. Yes, um, but they like I know there was a couple really quick. Que- Really just, like, awkward lines, though, in that episode of The Flash. Mm-hmm. And, like, okay, so so you're a bigger Flash fan than I am. Mm-hmm. Is, is, Joe, is Iris's, the whole, like, I, Barry was raised by Iris's dad, is that actually in the comics? Uh, no. Barry was raised, um, oh, good lord. It's... I haven't actually read where Barry was raised or by who, um, cause obviously, because his dad, but it, see, the, the thing is, they did take artistic license in the show because, um, uh, his dad was already in prison when his mother was murdered. Mm, okay. His dad did not go to prison for his mother's murder. So his dad was already in prison. So that wasn't uh, a thing. Nora was just murdered on the way on um, when Barry was on the and Barry wasn't in the house when she was murdered. He was on the way home from school and he heard a noise from the direction of his house. So um, uh. they they've already taken quite a bit of artistic license. I think. Well, I mean, I I don't know how, but I mean they 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 wrote in a really great character because I mean I'm not sure uh, if we ever see Iris's. Uh, parent. We don't see Iris's parents very much. We see Iris's. <coughs> we see Iris's uh, uh, sister, obviously because she's Wally West's mother. Yeah. But um, or so that, brother, so wh- brother, because the brother marries a woman who takes the last name of West and and then has Wally West. But we've seen Iris's say, so family, but Iris's parents. Wally West black then. Yeah, and and honestly, it really wouldn't surprise me. Instead of making Wally Iris's nephew, if they just like if they made Wally her cousin, yeah, you know, and that's perfect because you can bring in somebody the same age and have uh, sort of the same thing kind of happen, 
uh, somehow, and then that creates Wally West or another. And then that way, like, Flash versus Arrow was such a huge ratings, just massive mega hit, that a Flash versus Flash episode would be just insane as far as ratings go. But that's probably two or three seasons down the line, in my opinion. But, um... No, uh, Joe West is a character, the way he's written and who he is and Raising Barry, that is specific to the show. So, um, and it's a great character, uh, God, I forget, Jesse Martin. Jesse Martin's an amazing actor, right? He spent all those years on Law and Order, which is one of the shows that I don't enjoy. I'm not a big Law and Order fan, but, um, I was forced by an ex to watch the musical Rent. Uh, the movie version of it that they did, you know, with like Bon mm-hmm. Jovi and whatnot. Um, and he was in that and he was really good in that. And I was just like, I don't really like this movie, but that guy's okay. And so I just, every time I see him in, in just random things that aren't law and order, I'm like, Hey, you're that dude from Rent and I like you and you're nice. And then all of a sudden he pops up in this show and is just a great character. He's a, and he's a great, like, I am loving the Joe West character because I, you know, the thing I have in common with him is we are both single dads. Yeah. What, I mean, he is probably the best single father figure on television. He's He's a great dad. He's a great cop. I mean, he even, he's, and he's such an understanding and, and and good person that he doesn't strangle his partner for dating his daughter. <laughs> like I have a daughter. If I was in the police force and my partner came to me and said, "Oh yeah, I'm dating your daughter," I would kill him. <laughs> so this yeah. guy is a, an amazing person. So uh, he's a great character, and, and and he keeps going, and he keeps searching, and he keeps digging, even when there's a threat to his own life, and. And he just, he protects the people he loves and he protects the city he loves. He's as much of a hero in this show as the Flash is. This is true. This is true. But speaking of cops, how the fuck hasn't Detective Lance figured out who the hell the arrow is yet? I don't know. It's like, hey, both of my daughters were the canary and I know that Roy is Arsenal and I see you hanging out with them all the time. Like, it's become a major thing in the show now, and but that, that's not my major. That's not my major quibble with the show right now, personally. But um, um, yeah. I mean, that I know. I know you have to have a linchpin for the city turning against the Arrow, and the guy who specifically came out on television and endorsed him. Uh, all of a sudden reversing stance and going after him and issuing an arrest warrant and, and whatnot and calling for a search is a good way to have the city turn against him. But wouldn't they have to, though, kind of investigate why all of a sudden he's changing his tune and exactly. maybe, fi- maybe figure out that his daughter was a vigilante the whole time and that both would kind of, of put that yeah. both, of, yeah, both of them at that and wouldn't that kind of land him in like jail and exactly i mean exactly he's he's fucked i mean this situation has him by the has him by the balls it's yeah if it no matter which way he goes he can't win if he's he's either helping a vigilante and 
which goes against his moral principles. He said that in the last episode, but he thought he was making a difference and he thought he was protecting people and or that or he goes the other way and people are just like, hey, why are you doing this? And then they investigate why and they find out why. But, um, yeah, Captain Lance, I mean, uh, he's a really good character. And I just, I sort of don't like this. Well, I mean, and he, I mean, why did he react? He, and he reacted so badly because he was lied to. Like, I, yeah, you're lied to. Of course you're lied to. They didn't even tell you, Sarah didn't tell you she was the canary until like a month before she died. Like, you were lied to for, like, two years about who the canary was. Like, you were lied, you were lied to for, you were lied to for, for eight years that your daughter was even alive. I mean, yeah, you've been lied to for a long freaking time, dude. Like, about a lot of things. Uh, I mean, it just seems very, this is like the first kind of element of the show other than, Stephen Amell trying to get better at acting in the first half of the first season um, is the first thing since the first half of the first season that kind of seems forced. But yeah, but he is not my major quibble with the show. We have discussed this off air. My major quibble of the show is the uh, ran is uh, Felicity the ran uh, the random history changing uh, word twisting slut. <laughs> that's my quibble with the show. Let me go ahead and be pissed off at you so I can sleep with this other billionaire. Like, come on, really? Like, um, last, last week in this last episode, she goes, yeah, this guy and I were together and we're not, and you and I aren't, but that was your choice. Wait a minute. Didn't two weeks ago, you just specifically come out and tell him that you did not want to be a woman that he loved, even though he did. And then, like six weeks before that, when he when she, you asked him to make a decision, and then he told you he loved you and kissed you, you said no and backed away and said fuck that. You're changing history. You backed away from him, stupid slut. Like, mm, I because I know so many. Ah, I'm sorry. No offense to any of the women out there, but I've known plenty of women who have done that. So it makes me mad when they do it on television, and then I hear women on podcasts and in the media go, Felicity's this great character, and she's this modern character, and she won't let guys push her around. I'm like, she's lying and sleeping with – she's lying and sleeping around. Like, what the hell? <sighs> Sorry. No, no. I. To be fair, he was Superman. And he's going to be Iron Man now, apparently. Yeah. So, although I do like that Adam suit, it is really cool looking. And to be fair, he's a very good character in his own right. I do like his Ray Palmer, the kind of uh, the kind of arrogant, but he doesn't he doesn't realize he's being arrogant. He's just really smart, and he knows he's smart, so he says things, and then. Like, and then, uh, and then later in the episode, he goes, yeah, I thought about what I said, and I realized that that was kind of a dick move. And I was like, yeah, it was a dick move. I'm glad you realized it. Good job. Like, when, when he goes to his, to his particular, when he goes to his spinoff, I think he'll be an even better character in a lead role. Especially uh, uh, with something that's been bringing together, which looks amazing. Um, 
Yeah, but he's, uh, I mean, he's a good character. I just think he'll do better on his own spinoff show than he's is on Arrow, if that makes any sense. If they move him and the other characters to another city that they either protect or rob or whatever. So just <laughs> good character, let's get you on your own show, and let's go back to the Arrow that we love. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Felicity not being a backstabbing slut and just being a cool tech girl who does things. Yeah, well, we'll see. And this next item on the show notes, I'm not caught up. Okay, now, we'll skip it. We'll skip yeah. it then. <laughs> like, I'm, uh, like, it was, it was gonna be, uh, Agents, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I saw the first two episodes before I got backed up on TV, and I'm just gonna binge watch it when the, when the other stuff is, uh, when my other shows are over. Although, although, because it's, uh, I'm able to record it, because I have one of the, the ancient DVRs that only lets you record two shows at a time, whereas, uh, uh, Tuesday night at seven, when, uh, Shield goes on, there are two other longtime shows that I watch that are already being recorded, and, um, where this show, um, is, uh, is on Tuesday at eight, which only had one show, so I'm able to record it. And it's uh, I Zombie. Did you watch yeah, the pilot for I Zombie? I didn't. I did, and I thought it was really good. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, uh, it had it. You know, it has. It's it's basically this girl, right? She's driven in her life. She's a doctor. She's a resident at a hospital. Uh, she's very, you know, she doesn't have much of a social life, but somehow she got engaged to, she doesn't have much of a social life by choice because she's very focused on her work, but she somehow hooked up with this dude and they got it and they're engaged at the beginning of the show and whatnot. And he's like, you know what? Go to the party. She, He's like, I'm going to have you all to myself after we get married and I'm going to be taking a lot of your time. Go to the party. Go have fun. Go tie one on. That's an actual line, by the way. <laughs> and just go, just go, have fun. And she goes, okay. And so she goes to the party, and it just so happens to be a random uh, zombie outbreak. <laughs> of course. Yeah, which she, which she doesn't survive. She wakes up in a body bag that she unzips from the inside and spits water out of her lungs somehow. <laughs> and then, you know, and then she does what any normal person would do. She gets a job where she can eat brains easily, and she backs out of her relationship. And there, of course, there's complications with that. Like, you, if you were very, if you're very much in love with somebody and you become a zombie, you're not going to continue to be with that person if you're going to risk making them a zombie as well. So it's it's very uh, grounded in realism is the wrong term, but everything the show does makes sense. Other than what happens, like, because it's based on, it's based on a, it's on a comic series. Yep, from Vertigo. Yeah, so, I mean, the only kind of odd thing that they do in the show, I mean, it's part of the comics, but whenever she eats a brain, she sees visions of, like, the events in that person's life leading up to their death. Which is kind of, you, you have to suspend your disbelief for the zombies and for the the visions part, but other than that, it's just a pretty cool cop show. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm going to watch it. I'm going to pick it up as a series. Now, I'm not in love with the show. I'm sure I 
I'm sure if it goes down in quality super quick, I'll drop it a couple episodes in. But right now, I'm I'm intrigued and I want to see more. So I haven't seen Shield yet, but I recommend the pilot of iZombie. Yeah, I have no interest in in it. I I've read a little of the comic, and I just don't care. Just don't care. Fair enough, man. To each their own. Yeah, I just... Uh, but one thing I do care about, shockingly... Oh, yeah. Um, a- because absolute utter shock. Because the build to it has been so ridiculously atrocious, <laughs> is... Well, most of it. There have been a couple of things that have been just fine, but... Um, okay, I'll, I'll give you the most of it, I guess. Um... And that is WrestleMania. What WrestleMania? What WrestleMania play button? Um. Yeah. It's WrestleMania yeah. 31. Vince, get over it. You're old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. WrestleMania play button. Um. I. I I really only care about the ladder match. Really. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna love Orton Rollins. Yeah, that's true. Orton Rollins is gonna be amazing. It's gonna be the best singles match on the card. I suppose we should go over the card before we say it's yeah. gonna be the best on the card. Yeah, it's gonna so be a the, six hour show. It's gonna be ridiculous. It's gonna be so long. <laughs> I the Usos, well, and and Los Matadors. Uh, and the New Day. The New Day and Cesaro and Kid will fight for the tag titles during the kickoff. Which the Usos will not win because Jay's shoulder is fucked up. Yeah, I don't even know why they're bothering putting them in the match as opposed to any other tag team. I don't know why they don't put the Ascension, put the Ascension in there. That seems well, the, logical. The Ascension is... The, they killed the Ascension having them do a stupid... LOD ripoff, but we spoke at that. At, we spoke about that at length about how they ruined the yeah, best, the best tag team prospects they've had in years. This um, is, well, you forget they also had Hero and Claudio on the roster at the same time. That's true. So. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, uh, a surprise entrance. They could have pulled the Usos from the tag match, acknowledged Jay's injury as a real thing. And uh, taken Star- Goldust out of the Battle Royal, Stardust out of the, the Intercontinental title match, and entered Jimmy Uso as a random entrance into uh, the ladder match. And that would have been awesome because he does wonderful, he does great high flying spots. So. They could still do that. I doubt they will because it's freaking Sunday. But. Um, this is true. You know, I'm. I'm not going to be a fan of it because, I mean, I, I like the Cesaro Kid team. I think it works somehow. It shouldn't work, but it works. And Los Matadores uh, have gotten a revival somehow. And New Day is, well, it's dumb. Like, I like the idea of those three guys in a stable, but not the way they've done it. So, I think... I, 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 I liked the, uh, the prospect of the heel Black Panthers stable. Yeah, and, that, but that would have been fun, but that that didn't happen. Yeah, but people 
uh, people would have been like, oh, you're just doing a nation of domination. Well, it worked, and it was like 20-some-odd years ago, so and, and they how can is do it, it again. And how is it any less, how is it any more racist than a, a stereotypical black preacher group? This is true. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we have Bray Wyatt versus The Undertaker, which if this was last year, I would actually care. I don't now, care. Now, it means nothing, because... It, yeah. Yeah. That's dumb. Although, honestly, when we're talking about as far as build-up goes, Wyatt has carried the build-up for this entirely onto his own, and he's been brilliant the last two months. You oh, this, cannot, is, this is true. You, you cannot disregard how brilliant Bray Wyatt is at building up a match. He built up a match, probably this, in a match that has the third best build-up of all the matches on the card... By himself. Like... Yeah. And I mean, and the only reason it's not second is because Sting Triple H is a a once-in-a-lifetime match, and the build-up for that has actually been pretty darn good. And the build-up for Orton Rollins is the only one that really made any sense. (laughs) Like, Orton came back, did his Viper thing, bided his time, and beat the shit out of Rollins. That's what's supposed to happen. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, but... I, I mean, Wyatt Undertaker, I mean, it's pretty obvious that it's going to be the uh, the Undertaker going over here, which is dumb because he hasn't been in competition for a year, and he had a skull fracture, quote-unquote skull fracture from Brock Lesnar, so... It's all going to feed Brock, the mystique of Brock Lesnar. That's what this match is going to be done. Yeah. Because Undertaker will go and then he'll go will go over Bray Wyatt, completely kill his push. I don't think so. Honestly, I think Wyatt is so strong and can build up a match so much. I think they can literally push him at any time and I think they know that, which is why they fed him to Cena and which is why they fed him to Taker. I think he's reached that Daniel Bryan level where you can push him literally at any time, and yes, a loss will set him back, but you can easily gain that momentum back. So, this and is to true. be and to be fair, he's been booked super strong. This is all, this is true. Fair, fair. Um, by the way, who do you think is going to win the tag title match? Uh, I think Cesaro and Kid retain. And then so we and we both think Undertaker is winning. So the next up. Rollins and Orton. Um, I'm going to go with, with Rollins because I don't think Orton needs a win. Well, I know that Orton doesn't, I know that Orton doesn't need the win, but I think, um, because when money in the, when, uh, money in the bank recipients, uh, right before they cash in the title, they go on a losing streak. And when was the last time Seth, Ra- Seth Rollins won a big pivotal match? That's true. So I think that Rollins loses at WrestleMania, and then uh, the Raw after, which is Brock Lesnar's last night with the company, and people, some people think he's going to re-sign. I don't think he's going to re-sign. I think he's going back to UFC, and he's going to fight for the heavyweight title again. So um, I think the night after Raw, uh, Reigns comes out and does his whole thing, and then Lesnar comes out, beats the shit out of Reigns, and then Rollins catches in on Raw and wins the championship, which is a way to get the title off of Reigns as quickly as possible because you built up this storyline 100%, and uh, you have to have Reigns win the championship at WrestleMania. You have to. And then you have on Brock's way out of the company, you have to have him cost Reigns the title. 
So, so you have a built-in rematch if Lesnar ever wants to come back. Exactly. Um, or either that, or you could do a Reigns heel turn. I don't think it happen. I don't think it'll happen because they've spent so much time building him up as a face. But but the fans haven't. Yeah, the fans haven't liked him as a face, and yeah. they love Seth Rollins, even though he's a heel. So, yeah, I, I maybe I could even see. I, I kind of wish they would put him with Heyman. Rollins with, or, or Reigns? Reigns, because oh, yeah. Rollins can talk. Reigns can't. Uh, to be fair, he's gotten better. And he has. But. That, that crack he had on Rollins, the very first crack, which I guarantee you was scripted, but he delivered it uh, in a great way, where he came out and he was like, I just wanted to hear all these people make fun of you in person. That was a great crack. So. Yeah. He's getting better, and I have no doubt that in uh, – in, they pushed him they, – they moved him too quick. I think if they would have moved him – if they would used Brian one more year in the main event, right, that would have been better. Mm-hmm. And then you can spend all year building up Reigns as this baby face monster, right, that eventually takes the title off of uh, a huge heel at WrestleMania. But um, they just they, – they built him too quick. And the fans don't like when you build someone too quick, i.e. Baron Corbin. Um, yeah. yeah. But I can, I could see a double turn. I could see a Reigns heel turn at WrestleMania where Paul Heyman helps him win the championship from Lesnar. And then Rollins, uh, has this huge face turn, uh, the night after Mania because he can just say, uh, he can just say after he catches in and wins the title, he can say the next week, he goes, I threw my lot in with the authority. I bought in. And what happened? Survivor Series. I lost. And just go through every pay-per-view. I lost. I lost. I lost. I bought in. And all I did was lose. So I went out on my own because guess what? I won. And he holds up the title. You know, and just because I, I think he would get a huge, I think he'll get a huge reaction whenever he does turn face again. Um but uh and then you can eventually you can eventually build up uh the cuz i i honestly believe that the that the plan for SummerSlam this year is the shield triple threat for the for the title yep and that's why i don't think dean ambrose will win the ladder match i think daniel bryan's going to win the ladder match oh, yeah. um and john cena's going to win the the us title match and um which, I mean, honestly doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's what I think will support a Reigns heel turn. If they can't get Lesnar signed in time, I think they're going to do a Reigns heel turn because then you can have Reigns the, the heel champion. And even if you don't have Rollins cash in because you keep Rollins heel, you can have the, the two big baby faces of the company, John Cena and Daniel Bryan, with the mid-card titles chasing the world champion, which is how it always used to be. So... This is why we should be booking the WWE. And if I was booking the WWE, this next match wouldn't fucking exist. It would be a four-way with whichever Bella holds the fucking title, Natalia, Paige, and AJ. But that's not happening. Well, you want to you want to really throw a wrench in things? Say, okay, this is a tag team match, yes. But this is a tag team Divas title match. First Diva with a pinfall or submission walks out the champion. So if Brie pins AJ, Brie walks out of WrestleMania as the champion, and then you can do uh, then you can do a storyline of Nikki being jealous that Brie took the championship from her, and Brie going, "Well, did you want us to want one of us to keep the title, or did you want it to go to one of them?" And then you could have Paige and AJ 
uh, do their own thing and feud with each other while going after mm-hmm. the title belt. Page and AJ's own thing. Sorry. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't realize how young Paige was either. She's like 23. She's easily the youngest on the main roster, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Like, she's the youngest on the main roster by, like, five years. Oh, easily. But, um, or if you really want to get crazy, bring up, you know. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte and Sasha and just throw them in there, too. Well, Sasha's the current champ, so I don't think. I don't. I think she's gonna uh, stay in NXT through her title reign. I do think Charlotte's getting called up though, and yeah. Charlotte Page, Charlotte AJ, even Charlotte Nikki Bella, because Nikki's. Uh, and this is not a a slam against Nikki. She's just flat out the biggest of all the girls. Like mm-hmm. she's the she's the second tallest because Paige is like five eleven something crazy. So, mm-hmm. but but Nikki Bella is like five eight, and she's got broader shoulders than Brie, and she's just. She's worked out a little bit more, and she's just bigger and has more muscle to her. So uh, a Charlotte-Nikki Bella match would actually be a really good match because Charlotte is the same size and the same build and can do the same things in the ring. And Nikki's gotten a lot better. You have to give her credit. So Yeah. That would be a good match. Um, The whole give Divas a chance thing, I was like, well, yeah, you don't need a hashtag for that. Just do it. <laughs> or just watch, or just watch NXT. Exactly, because their their women's wrestling uh, programs are amazing, and they have the girls main event the show. I mean, mm-hmm. you're never gonna see a Divas title match un- until it's like Charlotte Page. Day. Well, no, unless like um, Stephanie's involved, then, then you'll Raw. see. Yeah, but like, yeah, but. <laughs> What I think they should have done, what they should have done with with WrestleMania this year, because it's going to be such a long show, give an entire hour of it to NXT. Why not? That's what they should do, but they won't. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to give every match, every match, like thirty minutes. Every single match, well, I, except for the, except for the, I mean, I think the title match is getting 30 minutes. I think Rollins Orton might get 45 minutes, Jeez. and the ladder match itself might get 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, Rollins, Rollins and Orton, I have no problem. They can go for 45 minutes. I mean, they, yeah. they'll, they'll easily go for 45 minutes, and it'll be amazing and solid all the way through. Uh, Cena Rusev, I think it's 30 minutes. Um, I, I don't think Sting, Triple H, get, or Wyatt Undertaker get 30 minutes. I think they get 15 to 20, but still it's 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's being billed as a four-hour show. Although, I yeah. would like to see a, to have both NXT titles on the line at WrestleMania. But that won't happen because they've already got the card. Um yeah. And the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, I can see taking. Yeah, so let's let's talk really about because they all start in the range, didn't take an hour. No, it won't. Um, let's let's talk about Sting versus Triple H and how I I don't care. I've never been a big Sting fan. Let me preface that. Like he's been okay, but I'm just like, eh. Oh, you were talking. You are talking to the most giant Sting fan, sir. 
Oh, Sting was the guy. Like, uh, in in the Attitude Era before before the before the merge, I WCW was it for me, man. I loved Sting, uh, DDP, Raven, uh, Jarrett when he came in later. I mean, oh, late WCW when they find when they finally turned it over to those guys and the Radicals and Benoit and Jericho and and, and Saturn and Guerrero and Mysterio and late, David Arquette. Late, 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 late WCW. Well, David Arquette was a dumb thing they should never have done. Like like Buff <laughs> Bagwell's mom becoming a tag team champion. Yes, it actually happened. Look it up. Um, she was the tag champ with Brooke Steiner. Uh. But yeah, no the the uh, the triple cage match, great pre- great match, wonderful match to come up with. Uh, War Games, which is which was the three ring battle royal. That's a great way to get all of your wrestlers on the card. I mean, WCW, especially late WCW, did some really great things. They just did too many horrible things. Like they just did too many horrible things that killed them. And sad is that TNA is repeating WCW's mistake. Um, bring in the, 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 the huge WWE names and then they focus on them, uh, to the, until their death. And they don't, and when they turned it over to the young stars, it was too late. Like TNA for the TNA, it's the same thing. Like you brought in Sting and Kurt Angle and then you focused on those guys for five years. Like, what the hell were you doing? You had Styles and AJ and Daniels and Petey Williams and Chris Sabin and, and it just, you had built in stars to carry the company and you just decided not to. You had Bobby freaking Rude, Austin Aries. I mean, you could have easily carried a company on the, ba- on those guys' backs for a long freaking time and not had to bring in guys like, uh, guys like RVD and, um, Although RVD's TNA run was pretty underrated. And the one WWE thing that the guy that they brought in that I really didn't mind, well, the two that they brought in that I really didn't mind were Jeff Hardy and Mr. Anderson. Oh, yeah. Those two guys were great. They were awesome because they were still young enough to go out there and do it, whereas Sting and Kurt Angle, they were hurt all the time. Well, I don't want to watch four-year-old Sting face 46-year-old Kurt Angle for the World Heavyweight title at Bound for Glory. I don't want to see that. So, although, honestly, the with Raw this past week and how they had him in, in the ring with Orton fighting off the authority, he's moving really well. Like, surprisingly well. Like, it, it seems like he took enough time to get healed up, but he also took enough time to get in shape for this match. So, yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, you think Sting's gonna win? I I don't think there's any well in the, any way in hell Sting does not go over in his only WWE match. Oh, only match this year. <laughs> no, well, I mean, the only way that Sting doesn't go over in every one of his matches because I don't think he wrestles any match except WrestleMania. I think he wrestles WrestleMania this year and possibly WrestleMania next year. Because I think WrestleMania this year is actually the end of his appearance contract. Because he had six, or maybe it's the Raw after. Because he had because he had six appearances and he's shown up five times, hasn't he? Something like that, yeah. So I think WrestleMania might be the end of his contract. So in order for him to to be back on WWE TV, they'd have to sign him to another deal. And being fifty six years old 
and being in the WWE at WrestleMania, going over Triple H, I don't think there's any way to top that, because the only other way you could do it would be to have him uh, have an entire year-long build-up for The Undertaker, and then have The Undertaker go, uh, him and Sting go at WrestleMania 32 in Texas, but if you do that, there's no way Undertaker doesn't go over. So why would Sting sign up for a build-up where he's going to lose his last match? I don't see why he would do that. See, this way, if you end Sting and Undertaker this year, you have them both go over Undertaker against Wyatt, Sting against Triple H, and then you have Undertaker go into the Hall of Fame next year when it's in Texas, which makes sense. And then Sting can just be done and then wait for the next year after that, 30, WrestleMania 33, when he'll go into the Hall of Fame as the headliner. Yeah. I mean, because WrestleMania 33, I'm sure they will they can put it back in California if they want, because that's where Sting's from. So, it just, I don't see any way in hell Sting doesn't go over here. Yeah, me either. Um, real quick, who do you think is going to win the Battle Royal? Uh, Mizdow. Okay, I'm going to go with Curtis Axel. Uh, Mizdow, oh, wait. Uh, I, I think because there are so many guys in the Royal Rumble, we can say this guy or this guy. I think yeah. it's Mizdow or Ryback. Yeah. Who do you think is going to be the NXT guy that gets put in it? Sami Zayn. Because I think he's getting called up the night after WrestleMania. Uh, that would work. Or at WrestleMania itself being his debut, as it were. Yeah. It'd be, be awesome. He, he debuts and wins. And wins the Battle Royal, and it would be a great, and, and honestly, he would be, honestly, I, w- I think the fans would back him as the next face of the company. Like, oh, yeah. Ba- next baby face, I think they would back him. I oh, really yeah, they do. would. That baby face run with the champion and how he got screwed over by Owens, which Owens is, oh, Owens is the next monster heel. I think if you don't re-sign Brock Lesnar, I think your next monster heel is Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah, bring him in and just have him start murdering people. Well, plus you have to call him up to the main roster quickly because you're going to have Samoa Joe soon. <laughs> yeah. In NXT, who's going to take that spot. So, yeah. um, but I think Sami Zayn gets put in the Battle Royal. I'm, I'm not sure he wins it because WWE really doesn't give a shit about NXT. Well, Vince doesn't. Triple H loves it, but because Triple H has told, has said out loud, he's like, yeah, I want them to make NXT its own brand. <laughs> like, oh, no, have, he, it, have it be its own thing. He he said NXT is its own brand. Yeah. Like, so. It's not a developmental league anymore. It's its own thing. Yeah. Uh, ladder match. I got I got Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. Or Dolph Ziggler. I could see Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. That way you have a Daniel Bryan-Dolph Ziggler one-on-one rematch the next pay-per-view. Yeah. Then that and would that, be fine. And then we already said uh, Cena going over for the U.S. title. No way in hell that doesn't happen. And then you think Reigns is taking the belt? I don't. Um, there are there's a chance Lesnar goes over clean, but I doubt it. Because somehow, like Lesnar was getting this big face pop, even though he was supposed to be a heel. And then when they start when they started teasing Lesnar going face versus the Authority, people started booing that. Like I don't know what they're going to do with Lesnar. It just doesn't seem like the fans will be happy either way, but I think they've gone too far down this road to do anything but Reigns going over. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's that's WrestleMania. 
Um, all in all, but, uh, not a great card, but definitely not the worst WrestleMania card. Oh, no, not at all. Um, gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we have some movies, some comics, some TV to talk about. So we'll see you on the other side. This week on Pop Culture Chaos Radio, the song I Regret by Chicago-based ADD. You can check them out at addloud.com and on Facebook for all the latest show and album news. This is from their new album, Core, due out later this month. I've walked a fine line between the stars. 
All right, and we are back. Yes, uh, we are. Uh, first, I'll, I'll start. Do you want to just kind of alternate these topics? Uh, right. yeah, go right on. All right. So the first one, um, just confirmed uh, the other day. Um, Mallrats Two is a thing. Oh, it is um, a big thing, sir. <laughs> Kevin Smith has confirmed that obviously he will be back. Jason Mewes will be back. Michael Rooker will be back. Stan Lee will be back. Uh, and now we have learned that Shannon Doherty and um, Jason Lee will be returning. Yep. Um, he uh, and he announced all of this actually on the latest episode, the 200th episode of his uh, of his podcast called Hollywood Babylon that he does with his. Uh, uh, co-host and uh, current movie uh, uh, movie star of his, Ralph Garman, uh, who will also have a role in the film. Um, and the way he did it was amazing because uh, he originally uh, broke down his schedule, and it looked like that they weren't even going to film Mallrats 2 until the fall of 2016, 2016 and we weren't even going to see it until 2017. But he said that fan reaction has been so strong that they that he said uh, he said I'm gonna move it up and we're gonna film it uh, in the fall of 2015 so we're gonna see Mallrats two next year which is awesome yeah. and it was really funny uh, with the whole Shannon Doherty thing because uh, uh, he talked about Fan Expo going on at the same time in Toronto as they were doing the show and he saw a tweet from uh, that a fan tweeted him and he said hey I just talked to Shannon Doherty at Fan Expo uh, is she going to be in Mallrats too and she said I'm in and Kevin says this on stage and Ralph goes um may why don't don't you think you should ask Shannon Doherty if she wants to be in the movie before you uh, before you take this tweet as something like official how baked are you and he goes, I probably should, I probably should ask her, shouldn't I? And Ralph goes, yeah, you probably should. And Kevin goes, Shannon! She was at the show. <laughs> Which was amazing. And they had her come up on stage. And he's like, he's like, hey, Shannon. She's like, hey, Kev. And he's like, she, she's like, do you want my answer now? And he goes, it would kind of be helpful in front of all these witnesses. And she was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it was awesome to have uh to have that con to have that confirmed on the show, which was awesome to hear and uh he said that, that uh because of uh s- such positive fan interest uh where his exact words were nothing i've said on the internet the past ten years has gotten this much positive fan reaction. He decided to move the production up a full year and after they wrap mall rats three this fall, which is shooting in the summer or not or not mall rats three. Clerks 3 this fall, which is shooting in the summer, they're going to go straight into Mallrats 2, which is awesome. So, good good job, Internet. Positive fan reaction means we'll get to see this a year sooner than we originally thought. Yep, I can't wait. Neither can I. But you know what else we can't wait for? Oh, no. I thought thought you were going to, I just assumed you were going to take this one. Oh, right. No, sorry. You were just on such a roll, good sir. I didn't want to I didn't want to I didn't want to mess it up for you. But uh uh a few days ago, we got a the plot synopsis for Captain America Civil War and for those who haven't read the comic, um it's where uh the plot synopsis basically goes as follows and I'll paraphrase because, you know, the internet. Um uh, it says, after the events of Age of Ultron, um, uh, the governments of the world pass a law 
designed to restrict all superhuman activity. And um, this creates a natural divide between uh, two superheroes, them, those, of course, being Iron Man and Captain America. And the, the heroes of the world find themselves forced to choose sides in a conflict between the two, which is amazing. This is Civil War to a T. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, this this sounds amazing. Uh it causes an epic battle between former allies is the rest of the is the rest of the synopsis, which uh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 gonna be great. I it's it literally it it, it literally is the the comic brought being brought to life, especially now that they're bringing Spider Man into it. Um but which Spider-Man do you think? A whole new one. Yeah. Well, I'm. I know that. Oh. But oh. Which oh, Spider-Man? Uh, I'm thinking Miles Morales. Yeah. As much as I want that to happen, I'm. I'm very much resigned with the idea that it's not going to happen. We'll. We'll get a Miles Morales movie at the same time we get Batman Beyond. <laughs> well, yeah. And there, so. th- there's of course there that Latino review post that uh, is actually isn't on our show notes, but I can mention it really quick. Where uh, not only has Dylan O'Brien been cast as Peter Parker uh, from Teen Wolf and Maze Runner fame, um, but he's also been told by the studio to deny that he has been cast as Peter Parker. So yeah. that's a thing. Um, I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a great flick. Uh I I believe there's only uh there's only one question we have to answer ourselves because we of course we heard a cu- about a year ago that uh Chris Evans after Captain America three he wants to step aside. So is this the film in which Steve Rogers dies? Hopefully. And then I think I think Steve Rogers dies, and I think Bucky takes over as Captain America so they can keep the franchise going, which actually also happened in the comics, so they can justify it. Yep. Yep. And one thing they unfortunately can justify is the fact that um, Ninja Turtles 2 will be begin filming later this year to be released next year. <sighs> <laughs> I hated the first one. Not as much as I thought I was going to, but I hated the first one. Yeah. Um, I, I, it, it grossed more than $485 million at the box office worldwide, so it was... It well, that's was, a little, that's a little smoke and mirrors because a lot of that is overseas stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't hate it like like you. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. You could not have picked a worse April O'Neil. <laughs> like, oh, like, like who's the worst person we could get to play April O'Neil? Megan Fox? Let's do that. Like yep. It's it, but the turtles themselves were fine. I mean, I didn't like the design. I think they made them a shade uglier than they needed to be because they're they're never drawn ugly. They're just drawn. They're they're turtles. Like it's a basic turtle design. So the fact that you made them like super ugly, I the one thing I did like about the film is they uh their styles are different for a reason. Like Raph is this big freaking tank, 
right? And he has yep. the size, so he he's a very punchy, very get in there and, and and punch somebody in the face kind of turtle. Whereas Donnie, he's really small and he has a bow staff, so he does a lot of jumping and flipping and moving around. You know, that makes sense. Their styles are different for a reason because they're different sizes, they're different shapes, they're different intelligence levels, they have different weapons. I did like that portion of it. The fight scenes are definitely the best part of the movie, but I I didn't think it made enough money to warrant a sequel, but I suppose it did because it's getting one. So let's go with that. Yep. 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 That's all I got. Oh, I know. And Paramount Pictures, uh, for our next item, uh, discussed and announced the official title for the fifth installment of the Mission Impossible franchise, which has uh, obviously uh, had its rebirth a, couple, a few years ago with uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. The, uh, the name of writer and director Christopher McQuarrie's new film will, will be Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Which, uh, the, um, the synopsis for which is in Rogue Nation, Ethan and the team take on their most impossible, impossible mission yet, eradicating the syndicate, which if you watched, uh, uh, Ghost Protocol, which was, uh, the name of the people, the terrorist organization in his mission that he got on the cell phone at the end of the movie, it says an international rogue organization as highly skilled as they are, they of course being the IMF, committed to destroying them. Uh, they basically have everybody back. They have Tom Cruise, Jeremy Renner, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames, uh, a surprising entrance from Alec Baldwin, believe it or not. And, uh, of course your random, uh, uh, new woman, uh, Rebecca Ferguson. Um, this is, I, I saw the trailer, the original, the, the one minute trailer that they posted a few days ago. It looks really good. Like it looks even crazier and bigger and more insane than than uh, Ghost Protocol, which was crazy and big and insane, and I loved it. So I have a feeling I'm really, really going to love this movie. I I haven't seen a Mission Impossible two movie or Mission. I got ahead of myself since two. Um, I just didn't care. Um, but one thing I do care about is Deadpool. So do I. And, you know, earlier in the month we found out T.J. Miller will be playing Weasel. I'm not a big big fan of T.J. Miller, but we also found out that uh, uh, Marina Baccarin? Baccarin, I think it's pronounced, but... Dr. Leslie Tompkins in Gotham. Um, The the horror in Firefly is how I remember. Yeah, that too. Um, She will be playing Copycat in Deadpool. Um copycat for those of you who don't know and i actually didn't um is um essentially mystique she's a shapeshifter um but with the difference skin. with blue skin the the biggest difference though is is mystique just looks pulls your looks and voice she gets your powers as well so which when marvel is knocking off their own characters um, <laughs> they're not even knocking yeah. off a DC character anymore. They're knocking off their own character. <laughs> uh, you know what Deadpool needs? What does Deadpool needs? A mystique that takes your powers. Well, she Get debuted in the it. comics the same issue as uh, as Deadpool did. So yeah. Uh 
but Dead, Deadpool Deadpool's awesome, and I like Marina Baccarin, so um, I'm okay with this. This is this is good. I mean, yeah, she's a she's a, a high quality actress. I haven't seen a lot of the stuff she's been in. I've seen Firefly, and that's about it. So <laughs> she was good in that. So uh, and I've heard she's done good stuff since then. So let's let's roll with that. This I mean. Uh, dead. This Deadpool movie is not going to hinge on a copycat. We'll put it that way. Oh no, not at all. No, it's it's going to hinge on Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, and amazing and great, and just channel what you did uh, in X Men Origins Wolverine, and you'll be fine. Um, yeah. But uh, in in other casting news, we have. Um, uh, we have two names for the uh, brand new version of the Crow that they're gonna make. We have uh, playing our title character is uh, Jack Houston. He is uh, playing uh, what's the what's the guy's name in the movie? Eric, Eric. Eric Draven. There we go. I well, in the first in the new one, it's not necessarily gonna be Draven. Uh, Draven was just created for the movie. In the comic, he never had a last name. Ah, uh, yeah. I see. And this is and this is going to be more akin to the actual comic. Yeah, and uh, uh, playing his opposite number, his girlfriend Shelley in the movie will be uh, will be uh, Downton Abbey British actress Jessica Brown Finley, which I haven't seen Downton Abbey. So, do you have, have you seen anything she's been in? Um, I haven't. Um. Uh, I mean, I'm I, glad I it's two relative unknowns. Yeah. Um, I, I do like what Obar had to say during his uh, Lexington Comic-Con panel. Um, you know, uh, the new film will be closer to original graphic novel, which is fine. Um, uh, sh- it'll be shot in Be- in Belgium, which will be standing in for Detroit, which will be uh, – which will, I think, work. Um mm-hmm. Joy, Div- Joy Division is going to be heavily in the soundtrack, which is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it, it, he plans, um, they plan on kind of making, kind of really rebooting the franchise. Um, and instead of like following a coherent story in future movies, they're going to do different, different adaptations. So like there, there's. They they said if if it works out, the second film will have a female crow, presumably uh, based off the crow Flesh and Blood, which featured Iris Shaw as the mm-hmm. the, the, the the crow and was awesome. So, and then uh, I also heard him reference uh, Dead Time, which is uh, uh, the Native American crow during the Civil yep. War. So yeah. um, this, I mean, uh, I'm I'm sure uh, <laughs> that. They, I'm sure that Obaro's looked at this, and uh, he's like, huh, what has the Marvel Cinematic Universe done? They've taken the really great stories from these from the comics and made them into movies. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> like, uh, I'm just going to take my favorite stories from this particular run of comics, and, um, and um, we're going to make them into movies, which is a, a really great idea. I mean, uh, this is, I mean... I think this is honestly going to work. I mean, you you base it off the you base it off the comics. You get two unknowns who can really embody the characters before 
we really know who the actors are. Before I they mean, get mur- before they get murdered on set again. Yeah, that was Brandon Lee was going to be a megastar too. I mean, there was yeah. no way he wasn't going to be. And the Crow itself, the first movie. I mean, yeah, they didn't. They 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 took some artistic license with it, but the artistic license they took was awesome. They did a real. That was a a phenomenal, really great movie. Like, I don't know any geek I, I that I talk to that dislikes the Crow. I mean. It's a shame that it's a shame the the onset accident that that uh, led to Brandon Lee's death, and also led to ironically the death of that franchise. But um, yeah. it this is a this is a great this is this is this has great material to work from, and this can be a very high quality movie series if they t- take it in the right direction, and it seems like Obar is taking it in the right direction. So we'll just have to wait and find out, but I am cautiously optimistic for The Crow. Yep, and I, I know we're doing this alternating thing, but I will let you take the next one because I know nothing about the next one. <laughs> well, uh, we seem to be in a um, uh, in a, in a, uh, a, a genre of, of reboots and, and reimaginings and reawakenings and whatnot. Well, this next one is none of those things. It's a resurrection. Um, Funimation announced on the 16th that they've acquired the theatrical, home entertainment, video on demand, and broadcast rights to the upcoming gener- uh, Japanese animated feature film Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F with an English dub of the film set to be released in theaters across North America in the summer of 2015. Um, uh, uh, the fan, fan favorite, uh, villains, Frieza and Beru, and Barris, uh, the villain from Battle of Gods, are both expected to be in the movie, and the film's, tr- uh, synopsis, uh, which has been translated from Japanese, uh, reads as follows. Uh, an earth where peace has arrived. However, remnants of Frieza's army, Sorbit and Tagoma, arrive on the planet. Their goal is to revive Frieza with the Dragon Balls. Their dastardly wishes granted, the F that plans its revenge against the Saiyans is revived. Which, um, and apparently, uh, debuting in this new film will be a new form for Frieza. We saw a new form uh for the Frieza family in uh the the wonderful Dragon Ball Z movie Cooler's Revenge uh which actually took uh which actually outclassed Goku until Goku made his second transformation into a Super Saiyan because most people don't realize that Goku transforming into a Super Saiyan um when he came back to Earth after Trunks showed up that was months and months and months after um the uh the original transformation so um and, and cooler's revenge kind of doesn't fit in the show because uh it doesn't fit in the continuity of the show because uh goku it seems has come back in cooler's revenge and has been on earth for a while it seems that the trunk stuff hasn't happened yet or never would happen and because he hasn't transformed into a Super Saiyan since that time with Frieza. So the second time he ever does it is against Cooler, and of course he wipes the floor with Cooler. But, um, so there is a precedent for this set up in previous movies for a member of the Frieza family to come back with a new form. So it seems that Frieza's new form, which is basically the same as his, uh, final form, just with a, a gold, with gold skin instead of white, uh, seems like it's powerful enough to take on the, uh, the Saiyans, 
pre-GT Saiyan, so no Super Saiyan 4, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited for the return of Frieza. Uh, what do you think? I, I haven't watched Dragon Ball since it was, like, seriously, since, um, the Power Rangers were still Mighty Morphin. We'll just put it that way. Are you serious? I mean, oh, you are missing out, man. It is, it is the definitive anime of our generation. Like, That's for the, for what the I've heard. Kids, for the younger kid, for, you know, kids 8 to 10 years younger, they might say Full Metal Alchemist or Naruto. And for the kids nowadays, they might say, they would say Attack on Titan. But for our generation, the definitive anime was Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. That's true. You need to, you really need to watch it from the beginning of the Saiyan saga. You can stop after the Cell saga if you want, because after that it just gets all convoluted and weird and long. But from the Saiyan saga, or from, or yeah, from the Saiyan saga to the end of the Cell saga, it's just, it's brilliant, brilliant television. Um, they've, they've done a thing that they do that they've done recently called Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is they've sort of taken out the filler episodes. Yeah, I've I've but, seen bits I've seen bits and pieces of that, but I I I haven't. Yeah, well, you see, like one of the biggest chunks they took out was like um, in one episode of Dragon Ball Z Kai, you see them at the end of the episode, you see them blasting off for Namek, right? The beginning of the next episode is them landing on Namek. There were ten episodes in there that they just dumped. Yeah, <laughs> like, probably I mean, for the better. There's a lot of there's a lot of filler, and if you don't like the filler so much, you could probably just watch Dragon Ball Z Kai, which up until the end of the Cell Saga is about a hundred episodes. So you probably shave off a good hundred or so, maybe more. Um, yeah, but it's. It is, the, I mean, it is the definitive uh, anime of our generation, and I will still say the greatest anime of all time. I mean, I don't know how you how you feel about Full Metal Alchemist or uh, Never Attack, huh? Never watched. Never watched Attack on Titan. I mean, I watched Attack on Titan, but I have seen uh, I have seen the first little bit of Full Metal Alchemist before I got distracted doing other things, and Full Metal Alchemist is really good. It just Nothing can nothing can stand up to DBZ in my opinion, man. And it was just I'm glad that I'm glad that it seems to be getting a revival. And uh, the creator Akira Toriyama seems to be focused on uh, uh, doing more DBZ stories, and that as uh, that can't be a bad thing. So. Yep. And also, what I don't know. This actually might be a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> La- Latino reviews. Guy, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, uh, Instagrammed out and tweeted out a massive hashtag rumor, hashtag hot, hashtag scoop. I'm already annoyed. Um, Yeah, the guy hashtags way too freaking much. Yeah. Um, For for next year's X-Men Apocalypse, uh, this scoop um, is that Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, and get this, Channing Tatum will have cameos. Of course, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Who else? Um, Halle Berry's Storm will have a cameo, according to him, even though Alexandra Shipp has already been cast as a younger version of Storm. And Channing Tatum, who will be making his debut later that year in October as Gambit. Um, yeah. 
The Gambit one, I don't mind. You yeah, I mean, it, what's an X-Men movie without Wolverine, though? And it's kind of... Well, Wolverine was going to be in it anyway. I mean, he's immortal. You literally have to put him in every movie because he's always there. Yeah. So. so. I, I figured Hugh Jackman would be in there at some point. Um, even if it is, you know, it'd be nice if it was another cameo similar to his one in First Class. That'd be kind of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Halle Berry, I probably one of the be- one of the one of the top ten moments of Days of Future Past was her getting blown up at the end or beginning <laughs> or middle. I don't know. Time travel. Weird. I actually liked her as Storm in the original. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, it was definitely not the worst part of uh, Last Stand. We'll put it that way. Um, this is true. She was actually, she actually, when, whenever they let her, because uh, uh, according to uh, the gossip from the set and whatnot is the studio was very, very heavily uh, not letting her be herself. Like, they were like, this is how we want Aurora Monroe to act. This is how she looks. Please do this. Like, and in the first X-Men, she, she was, she was pretty good. It's just when they allowed her to grow and sort of do her own thing in the second and third mm-hmm. one, I think she became a better character. So yeah. while the, while the movie, the third one didn't become a better movie, X-Men 2, when everyone had been, uh, allowed to do their own thing, but still, have uh, a good story in front of them. That's when you saw X Men Two, and which is obviously the best movie of the three. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind Halle Berry showing up. Obviously, Hugh Jackman's going to show up, and Channing Tatum showing up is actually a really smart decision because they need to establish him. So, yep, I don't mind any of these really. Yeah, uh, I, well, I'm. Let- I'm cool with all, I'm cool with all of them. Um, yeah. So that's it for movies, kind of. Well, a couple of weeks ago, well, uh, future movie stuff. Uh, Lucasfilm announced uh, Lucasfilm, which is owned by Disney now, so I'm just going to say Disney announced mm-hmm. their plans to connect Return of the Jedi uh, to the upcoming Star uh, Wars: The Force Awakens in the form of 20 new books ranging from novels to comics and uh, several different things. Uh, but now Disney and Delray Books have revealed another title, Star Wars Aftermath. The first in a new trilogy connecting Jedi and Awakens. The the book will be written by, um, uh, it says here, Blackbird, Mockingbird, and Under the Imperium Sky author Chuck Wendig. I haven't read any of those books. I don't know if you have. Um, he says, uh, he says, my earliest and still one of my best movie going experiences as a kid, was being a four-year-old watching the Empire Strikes Back to drive in theater with my sister. My jaw dropped, and I don't think I found it yet. These movies opened up a world for me, and my love of storytelling comes from them and from the galaxy of smaller connected stories, too, from the toys to the games to the books. In fact, one of the first novels I ever read was the novelization of A New Hope. I have a son who, in a few short months, will be my age when I saw Empire. So to be involved with the Star Wars universe, just as the new film is coming out, it feels like not only something akin to Kismet, but a great and powerful privilege. That's great. That's actually really good to hear that somebody is happy and privileged and feels blessed to work in the Star Wars universe because it's one of you know my particular favorite universes. Even though uh, even though all of my favorite stuff from the uh, from the EU is now no longer canon. Um, 
It says, uh, set to debut in December, this book will feature not only a new cast of characters, but also some fan favorite ones from the original films and some teases for the upcoming The Force Awakens. The synopsis is as follows. The second Death Star has been destroyed. Rumors are flying that the Emperor and his enforcer, Darth Vader, are dead. A new government is forming to replace the Empire, but the galaxy is a big place, and the fallout of this cataclysm will affect different worlds in different ways. Does everyone accept the fall of Imperial rule? Has everyone even heard of it yet? What rushes in to fill the vacuum after the Empire has left, and who will try to stop them? That sounds interesting. I mean... It sounds like a good synopsis because that's what that's what I thought about. It's like you know happened after the Battle of Endor. It's like well, what happens now? And then you know of course the extended universe went in to fill in what happened after. But uh, you know since that's no longer canon, I'm glad they're actually describing the canonized events of what happened after Endor. Yeah. Yep. Canon is a funny thing. It really, it really is. is. <laughs> Especially when a company decides to throw canon out. Um, I'm skipping the next thing because I'm going to move that into the TV section. Because that's, totally. that's more TV than – anyways. Um, but, uh, you know, we talked, I think, on the last episode about DC's convergence mm-hmm. and how their new – their the new, new 52 or whatever they're mm-hmm. calling it is going to be less about continuity and more about just – Telling a good story, and this all kicks. Yeah, which me too. Which I uh, they they announced the June solicitations. Uh, June, of course, is when they this will be launching. So um, April and May, convergence will be taking over, and in June we are getting. Justice League of America, number one. Obviously, that's a, a tent pole. Uh, Batmite, number one. What the hell? Yep. Are you serious? Yep. That's uh, dumb. Bat- Batmite is here to fix the DC Universe one hero at a time. Convinced that he's the imp that put Batman on the map. He's spreading his expertise all over the DC Universe, eager to boost the careers of heroes he thinks need his help. It's a six-issue all-ages miniseries. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to probably pick it up because it sounds awesome. Uh, uh, Batmite. Six issues. Batmite <laughs> fucking... Batmite... Might, uh... uh Batmite fucking with everybody else would be amazing. Uh, Batman Beyond, number one. That's a good one. Um, although I just read this last week's issue of Future's End. I'm not really sure I like what happened to... To just yeah, I'm not gonna. I I'm picking this up because it's Batman Beyond. Of course, and it's amazing. Yeah, uh, Bizarro number one. Huh. Yep. Uh. Um, Black Canary number one, spinning out of the Batgirl book, which is you know that's that's that makes sense. Uh, I'm sold. Done. Constantine Done. the Hellblazer number one. Oh hell yes, when. For the win. Uh, it will be released on June 10th. Um, Doomed number one by Scott Lobdell. This is spinning out of the Superman Doom storyline where a Metropolis U student gains the power to transform into Doomsday. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Uh, Dr. Fate number one. Okay. 
Well, that makes sense. I like Dr. Fate. Uh, Earth 2 Society, number one. Uh, Green Lantern. Two, the lo- once again, makes sense. Yeah. Green Lantern, The Lost Army, number one. Harley Quinn and Power by, Girl. By, Green mm-hmm. Lantern written by Cohen Bunn, so. Yes, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, Harley Quinn and Power Girl, which is spinning off of uh, the main Harley Quinn book. Um, Justice League yeah. 3001, number one. Um, huh. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Martian Manhunter number one. About time he got his own solo book. That hasn't happened. For yeah, a while. he needed he needed that. Uh, Midnighter number one, which will be a spinoff from the solo Grayson book that's going on right now, which he's been so, pretty big. So Dick becomes quote unquote Midnighter. No, no, because Grayson Midnighter has been heavily featured as a bad guy in the Grayson book. Um, he's uh, a, so it's a he, book. okay. He's one of the um, oh antihero, I say. He's one of the uh, Wildstorm characters, like Grifter and all that. That kind of got merged in with the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. So, um, Omega Men number one, Prez number one, Redhead and Arsenal, which is gonna That's, be fun. Oh, uh, well, I mean, really, Red Hood can't get his own book. <sighs> I like Arsenal. Don't get me wrong. It's just. And, and it's not the only book Scott Lobdell is writing, so you have to wonder whether or not, like, his heart's going to be in this one. Yeah. Uh, um, Damien's getting his own book with Robin, son of Batman. Which yeah, see, Damien gets his own book, but Jason can't get his own book. Come on. Yeah. Starfire, number one. Which uh, is going to... Okay. Well, Starfire, it's going to be done by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, so it's going to be very much like Harley Quinn, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, okay, I'm good. We Are Robin, number one, by Lee Berbeggio. Um, huh. And then some of the titles continuing over, Aquaman, number 41, which will be a nice little jumping on point for people, because this is the start of Cullen Bunn's run, mm-hmm. I think. Um Infinite Crisis, Fight for the Multiverse, which is a digital first book that nobody reads. Um, Deathstroke number seven, which will be the start Ooh. of a story, which will be the start of a storyline called God Killer. Uh, sold right there. Yeah, I mean, Slade is um, armed by Hephaestus to take down one of the Olympian gods. In I'm in. Yep, sold. Shut up and take my money. Uh, mm-hmm. Justice League forty one. Um, Jeff Johns. Good stuff. Yep, this is uh, starts of the starts Dark Side War, Flash Forty One. Oh, nice. Uh, Robert Benjie's writing a lot of books. He is. He's not doing any of them alone though, so that's a good yeah. thing. Uh, Flash Season Zero Number Nine, another digital first that nobody reads. Um, Green Arrow Forty One, which debuts a new, um, slightly new costume for Ollie. It's like this weird amalgam of the TV show and the comic costume. I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, uh, Arrow Season 2.5, number nine. Again, digital first that nobody reads. Uh, mm-hmm. In Injustice, Gods Among Us, year four, um, which mm-hmm. hasn't even started yet digitally. But again, it's another digital book that nobody reads. Uh, New yep. Suicide Squad number nine, which I don't care about. Lobo number seven, which Colin which uh, yes, and apparently they're going to be kind of 
doing a soft reboot of Lobo in this, making him more of a badass. Yay. Um, Secret Six number three, which, as much as I like Gail Simone, I just don't care. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Teen Titans number nine, I also don't care. Sensation Comics featuring Wonder Woman, don't care. It's again, it's another digital first. So uh, Wonder- th- is that how, is that how they're trying to uh, trying to put more Wonder Woman titles out there? Like uh, Superman has Action Comics, Batman has Detective Comics, and Wonder Woman has Sensation Comics. Like, well, when she she debuted in a book series called Sensation Comics, so. Hmm. No, but so, I mean, they're trying, they're trying to hook that into her as kind of like her, a yeah. way to get her her own solo book. Yeah, kind of. Um, except this is, it's another digital first book, so, meh. Uh, okay. What, uh, Wonder Woman Annual number one, Wonder Woman 41, which debuts a new costume. What do you think of the new costume, by the way? Uh, okay. Like, it's kind of like an amalgam, this, a lot of armor and, not a lot of skin, and you know we talked about my views on the suit on the Supergirl costume, and this is the same thing as the Supergirl costume, except this one's a turtleneck, and you don't even get to see her neck. So, yeah, in in a world in, in a world where we get to see Brian, you know, we're forced to see Brian Cranston in this tidy whiteies in the first in the first scene of uh, Breaking Bad. I don't think a little female skin in comics and TV should cause the reaction that it does. No, no, and trust me, that that rant was a lot had a lot more vitriol and poison in it. When I originally saw the Supergirl costume, I sort of you know backed off that rant some. Yep, uh, we have Action Comics forty one, which will debut a new old costume for Superman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Assu- oh, uh, assuming it's actually Superman and not like they don't bring like. Connell back or something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. Superman Wonder Woman number 18. Batman Superman number 21. Um, uh, Superman 41. Batman 41, which is the debut of the Bat Bunny. <laughs> Bat Bunny. That's what it looks like. Yes, it does. Um, so I'm still. Okay, can we talk about this? Still written by Scott Snyder and drawn by Greg Capullo. How awesome is that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's forty one issues in. They still have the same creative team on it. That's because it sells. That's because it's good. So it's because it's a yeah. Um, we're getting Batgirl number forty one. Um, which even though this this has the uh, variant cover that we talked about earlier listed, it's not going to happen. Um, exactly. Um, so, Batman Arkham Knight number five, which is another digital mm-hmm. first book. 66, number, Batman 66, number 24, another How digital awesome first. How awesome is that, that that's still running? Yeah. Like, it started out as a six-issue miniseries by, oh, no, that was 66 meets the Green Hornet. But, yeah. I mean... How awesome is, you know, that the popularity of that particular miniseries has kept the 66 book going? I mean... Yeah. Uh, Batman, the Jiro uh, Kawada Batmanga, Volume 2, Trade Paperback, another digital first. Catwoman 41, Detective Comics 41, mm-hmm. Gotham Academy number 7, Gotham by Midnight number 6, Grayson number 9, Harley Quinn number 17, 
Green Lantern number 41, which debuts a new hooded costume for Hal Jordan. Uh, which basically makes him Green Arrow with a ring. Pretty much. Uh, Sinestro number 12, Mortal Colin Kombat Bun. 10. Yep, also Colin, Colin Bunn. Mortal Kombat X number 7, another digital first. He-Man Eternity War number 7. I don't know if that's a digital first title. Looney Tunes, Scooby-Doo, Teen Titans Go, Mad Magazine, and then a bunch of trade paperbacks. Aquaman, Volume 5, Sub Diego, Arkham Manor, Batman Eternal, America vs. the Justice Society, Arkham Origins, Harley Quinn, Second Chances, Batwoman, Absolute Batman, Green Arrow, Archer's Quest, Green Lantern Corps, Ooh, End, wait. Red Lanterns. That that's an absolute edition of the Court of Owls. Mhm. Yeah, mm. absolute Batman Court of Owls. Red Lanterns, Clary you, and the Witch Boy. Have you seen those uh absolute editions? No. Oh my god, First those I've things. Oh, those things are amazing. I have two of them. I have Long Halloween and the first volume of Sandman. They are oversized hardcover slipcase. Looks like a fucking Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they are amazing pieces of art, um, and I I kind of want that now. (laughs) Uh, Well, you can get it if you want. I just might. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. The rest of this, I don't care. Strange sports. Yeah. Uh, strange John Diggle, stories. Arsenal, Felicity, and Captain Cold. And uh, yeah, no, you said Arsenal. Strange Sports Stories number four will be coming out, which is a I think being put out through Vertigo, which CM Punk will have a story in. So. Ooh, nice. Yay for that! Uh, did you read his Thor story? No, I haven't had I haven't had time. It's it's good. Um, it's a story about Thor getting drunk, which is weird. Considering it's written by CM Punk, but okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the action figures they got coming out are pretty cool. I might pick up that Arsenal because the Arrow figures thus far have been pretty sweet. But that's 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 really it on the DC stuff. Yeah, Honestly. I mean, it's Colin Bunn and <laughs> yeah, pretty in, much. in my eyes. Colin Bunn and, and Venditti are, are the two main DC writers to me at this point. Because, I mean, yep. Scott Snyder's just, he's just the Batman writer. He's not a DC writer. He's the Batman guy. So. Pretty much. Um, I guess since this kind of ties into comics, oh, not really. Um, Preacher, um, casting for Preacher has been off the chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Preacher is a Vertigo book put out many, many moons ago um, that has been optioned by AMC and is being produced by Seth Rogen. Yeah, I'll let you just think think about take, that for a take, minute. Take that as you will. Um, yes. <laughs> um, we have a shit ton of casting for it. Um, Ruth Nega, who plays um, Reyna in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., will be in it. She will be supporting, uh, she will be playing Tulip. Um, Arseface will be cast, has been cast by a role, has been cast by an actor named Ian Coletti. And they also just announced 
that the character of Cassidy, which is uh, the main, the lead character, Jesse Custer's essentially right hand, will be played by um, uh, Joseph Gil- uh, Gilgan. Okay. Uh, who is in the UK film? Um, no, mostly in the UK uh, in the film This Is England and uh, the, t- the television show Misfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which which Ruth Nega was also a part of. So, yes, uh, the current the current front runner. They haven't announced the lead role of Jesse Custer, but one of the front runners has been Dominic Cooper, who plays Howard Stark. Um, I would be perfectly okay with this. I, mm-hmm. I like him. Uh, uh, I you know I, I've been super critical of the whole idea of Seth Rogen and Preacher just in the same sentence. But I'm cool with this. I'm yeah. cool with this I mean, completely. Solid casting so far. Yeah. So uh AMC, so they haven't let us down in a long time, so Yeah. Um the other part of that the story in the show notes is um that uh Mark Millar's book Chrononauts, which just debuted, has already been optioned for a movie. Uh, Mark Millar, of, of course, course is, respo- is responsible for Kick-Ass, Kingsman, The Secret Service, amongst other titles. Um, so, yeah. that's That doesn't shock me at all. Yep. Uh, and in other casting news, uh, we've been talking about the uh, another spinoff ser- TV show uh, that's coming off of uh, Arrow and The Flash and Supergirl and... Uh, Basically, adding to DC's uh, TV slate, we had obvious we had uh, previously announced the Adam, Brandon Rousey, Ray Palmer, the Adam, as well as uh, uh, Katie Lutz as Sarah Lance uh, in this particular spinoff show, as well as Wentworth Miller's Captain Cold. Well, uh, last week we also got confirmation that Dominic Purcell's Heat Wave will also be uh, added to the cast of this new spinoff show, which I'm not sure what it'll be called yet, but I'm sure with all of these actors in it, um, uh, well, it, it'll be uh, it'll be a big time hit, just like uh, Arrow and the Flash have been. So um, you can obviously tell that the uh, Flash and Arrow creators, they're, uh, especially the Flash, one of their favorite shows ever has been Prison Break. So, because Wentworth Miller and Dominic Purcell are playing Captain Cold and Heatwave, so I it wouldn't surprise. And Robert Nepper has shown up as Clock King in Arrow and Flash, so it wouldn't surprise me to see Sarah Wayne Cowley's in there at some point as some sort of character. But um, I'm assuming because uh, uh, they brought in Peyton List to play Golden Glider, uh, Captain Cold's little sister. I'm assuming she'll be in there, of course, at some point. But um, yeah, um, this is a it's a big. Uh, Big time casting news. I'm a. I have a soft spot for Dominic Purcell ever since uh, Prison Break and his sh- uh, short-lived uh, lead in a TV show called John Doe, which is one of my shows that got canceled too soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've liked uh, Purcell for a while, so having Heatwave in the spinoff makes sense. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the Arrow and. The the DC people essentially at at CW pretty much run the network now. Like mm-hmm. they can do whatever they want. They're like Scott Snyder to DC Comics. He can do whatever the hell he wants. 
Yeah. Um, and the, the CW people are just like, don't mess with our vampire shows and you can do whatever else you want. <laughs> pretty much. Um, and part of the thing driving that home is just that Stephen Amell just kind of wins at life. Um, just, just and I in, lose at life. You know why? Just <laughs> you know why? Why? Be- because Kansas City, uh, because Planet Comic Con was here in Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, and the key lead guest was one Stephen Amell, and I was not there. Oh, that would have been fun, but he um, I fail. <laughs> you have <laughs> failed this city. Yes, I have. I have failed the podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so there's this uh, 12-year-old girl. She was having a Arrow-themed birthday party. Um, the invitations were uh, essentially a homage to the opening, you know, my name is Oliver Queen, blah, 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 blah. Um, the invitations, her in, like, a purple hoodie with, like, a, with a quiver Photoshop to her holding, you know, all that, it... The invitations are adorable, and, you know, they'll be in the show notes and all that. Um, so, Stephen Amell got a hold of one of these, and apparently the parents actually tried getting a hold of him, asking if he would come. Well, he was busy filming, and he sent her a video. And there is a video on YouTube, which you can watch in the show notes, of the kid's reaction during the birthday party. Um, and yeah, uh, between the, the, the charity stuff that he does, the, the fuck cancer stuff that he does, uh, everything that Stephen Amell does, he is, he just wins at life. Yes, he does. Um, he, he's, he's the man. I mean, um, it just you don't get uh, you don't get you don't get many actors who are gonna you know devote their kind of, devote their life kind of to uh, not only not only his current project which is I mean he is all Arrow you don't see him in anything else you haven't seen him in anything else for a while because of his commitment to Arrow his commitment to staying in shape for Arrow which is a ridiculous freaking shape by the way and um, the just you don't see people with that much drive and devotion uh, to devote themselves to one thing in his professional life and one thing in his personal life. I mean, his professional life is all arrow, and his and his personal life is all humanitarian works. And uh, yeah, this guy this guy wins. Um, uh, yeah, this guy wins, man. I mean, he just he he is better than us, and and we all bow down to him and. Uh, and um uh, and and we just uh go ahead and um and and just be like yeah you're you win <laughs> you win at life you got a great role and you've embraced it and and congratulations and uh well we're already almost uh we're already at over an hour and a half of the podcast so I'm just going to uh I'm just going to off the cuff mention the rest of the things we wanted to talk about today uh okay. the ch- the channel Annie. Uh, is doing a remake of Let the Right One In, which is the the kid vampire movie from uh, uh, some it was some country in Europe. I think it was Sweden or Switzerland, one of the two. That was a really really terrible remake done here in the states with uh, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and Cody Smith McPhee. Uh, Sleepy Hollow on Fox has been renewed for a third season. Which on Fox, if you get renewed for a third season, you are the king. Um, Kristen Wiig. 
is uh, coming back for IFC's uh, new thing, apparently new annual miniseries, the thing they're going to be doing called The Spoils of. Last year was The Spoils of Babylon, and this year will be The Spoils Before Dying. And they're just hilarious. I watched The Spoils of Babylon, and it's hilarious, and you should check it out if you ever get a chance. And I'm assuming uh, Kristen Wiig in The Spoils Before Dying will also be hilarious as well. And uh, Heroes Reborn. Uh, has its third confirmed cast member in young actor Robbie Kay. Uh, I haven't seen any other main um, things he's been in, and um, I just I don't I, I don't know complete unknowns. And I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of unknowns in TV because you can yeah yeah you can get something really bad, but you can also get something really great. So. Uh, yeah, that pretty much finishes out the podcast today, man. You want to wrap it up? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, as always, you you can find us at popculturechaos.wordpress.com. Follow us on Twitter at uh, at popculturechaos. Um, Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter. Uh, I already said Twitter. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, and where you'll you know you'll start you there's a bunch of toy reviews up there and everything like that, um, and that's that's it. Um, Matt, where can they find you on these great internets? You can find me tweeting at Doctor Sokuball. I tweet rather sparingly because I don't want to clog up anyone's timeline with uh, March Mad with March Madness going. On with the tournament winding down, I'll start to tweet a little bit more uh, because uh, baseball season is coming up, and you can re- uh, you can listen to the other work I do on the other podcast I do. It's called the Triple Play Podcast. You can find it on uh, you can find a link to it on our, on our website popculturechaos.wordpress.com. It will send send you to uh, kingsofkaufman.com, where one of the, is one of the websites where the show is held. You can also uh, listen to any of our, uh, the other shows on the Royals Podcast Network by going to royalspodcast.wordpress.com or on Stitcher or SoundCloud or anywhere else but iTunes where you can find wonderful podcast entertainment because, as everyone knows, last year we were part of the giant uh, Major League Baseball iTunes Internet purge that they did last year, which took about 30 to 35 podcasts with names of teams or cities or whatever in their names and just completely eradicated them from iTunes, which was not fun. So um, you can go ahead and listen to our uh, wonderful Triple Play podcast at rulesbroadcast.wordpress.com. We're in the 50s now, dude. Can you believe that? I mean, we've only taken like a it's, – it's different because uh, – we record that on the we record triple play on the weekends and we record pop culture chaos during the week so it's a little bit easier for everyone to find time on the weekend. Uh, I know with our particular jobs it's a little bit more difficult for us to find times on the weekend to record. Uh, we'll try and do a better job of that. But uh, yeah, um, we didn't we didn't get to talk about Toku this week because uh, you are you are not caught up, sir. So no no <laughs> no I'm you're, not. You're home. Your homework this week is to get caught up on Toku. Um, That's <laughs> not going to happen. Common <laughs> Rider Drive and and Shuriken Sentai Ninja, which are the two shows running right now, are both very very good. I mean, they both have their problems, of course, a lot of sh- most shows do, but overall, very very solid Toku shows, and I'm loving both of them quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got to say about that. Yeah, I I'm caught up on Power Rangers. Does that help? Well, so am I, but it sort of dipped after, I don't know, episode one. 
<laughs> I, so. I liked it. The, the, um, the Coda Caveman episode was kind of meh, but everything yeah. else has actually been pretty decent. Like, we're five episodes deep, and I'm, as for someone who hated Corey Uger, I am actually really, really digging Dino Charge. I loved Cure User, so I'm just going <laughs> Although they did confirm although they did confirm that uh uh the scientist character, Claire, I think her name is. Kendall. Uh huh? Kendall. Candle, okay. Yeah, see, I don't even remember her name. Uh, she is going to be the female Kiryu Violet, the the Purple Ranger. So they've confirmed that. So yeah, I mean that was pretty that was pretty obvious, but it was it's just good to get confirmation on that particular uh, item of news. Yeah, I, and it looks like they're skipping some of the um, oh, what's the word? Auxiliary Rangers that Kiryu had, I guess is the word. Because there doesn't seem to be any real indication that there's going to be a um, Aqua Ranger, which is okay. <laughs> yeah. Mean, how do how do you duplicate Ramirez? Ramirez was amazing. This is true. So, <laughs> and you can't duplicate it on on the opposite side by having a Japanese guy come in and do that because then you're just freaking racist. So, <laughs> but it would be hilarious, yeah, and, yet, and you know it, and yet somehow it's. And yet somehow it's not racist when they do it to a white guy. Nope, not at oh. all. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just okay. They could skip. They can skip. Uh, they could skip Aqua and oh, even the, but they've given them names. I don't know how they're going to skip them though. That's weird because they said yeah. Aqua and Graphite. So yeah, I mean, so who knows? Both, maybe. But and those are the two you could skip along with the male Violet. So yeah, that's true. But um. Yeah, that's that's it for this week. I'll say um, and, <laughs> episode. Uh, Let's just say episode. Yeah, that's it for this episode, <laughs> and we will see you next time. Later. Bye. We're just about to break the silence.